Was Snowflake Will Smith's bitch slap of comedian Chris Rock just a publicity stunt? Tune in and find out. What's the whole world been talking about these last week? The Oscars? Funnily enough. So who's the unusual sponsors of this year's Oscars? That will have you raising eyebrows, I'm pretty sure of it. So what's this really about? So the weirdest thing about this year's Oscars wasn't the fact that Hollywood's number one snowflake, Will Smith, bitch slaps Chris Rock. It's the fact that this year's Oscars were sponsored by big pharmaceutical companies and vaccine makers. Yep, Pfizer and BioNTech. This is what Pfizer said, uh, one of their spokesmen, or spokespersons, should I say, because the snowflakes will be straight on my fucking back. Pfizer is proud to sponsor and support this year's Oscars, and we are heartened to see, heartened, that's a funny word for um, Pfizer to be using, seeing as they're killing everyone's hearts with their vaccines. We're heartened to see the film industry gather in person and alongside fans to celebrate the talents, bullshit and artistry, bullshit produced during the last year. That was a Pfizer spokesperson. So when did Big Pharma go all Hollywood on us? Well, what we do know we know Hollywood doesn't only represent the largest entertainment industry on the planet, but it also represents one of the largest and most efficient propaganda machines responsible for shaping the consciousness of humanity. And it does that on a global scale. Now you can call me a conspiracy theorist if you want for questioning, but we need to ask. Why are pharmaceutical companies partnering with one of the largest propaganda machines on the planet? Is it a push for more drugs on the people? Is it to push for more vaccines? Could there be a hidden agenda? We don't know about that. Not yet. Regardless, I think this unusual occurrence should raise red flags and questions in the consciousness of the average Joe. The average person on the street because we know the baseline for large corporations especially big pharma always always boils down to one thing and i think you know what that one thing is you don't care for the human psyche you don't care for the human body it's pure profit simple as that profit so Pfizer wouldn't share its details on how much it spent on the Oscars, how much money it gave the Oscars. But according to the showbiz cheat sheet last year, the event brought in $115.3 million in advertising revenue, while a 30-second ad like Remarkable reportedly went, on, uh, went for somewhere between $1.7 and $2.2 million. We can only assume that 
sponsorship cost a lot more than an individual advertisement. A lot of money's been spent on these motherfucking snowflakes, man. They get, just for attending, they get a goodie bag worth over $100,000. That's what, that's more than what the average man earns in one or two years. That is disgusting and that should raise concerns, let alone eyebrows. So Pfizer published an official statement on their website and that was on the 23rd of March, 2022. Go and check it out. Not a conspiracy theory, conspiracy fact, if you like. Announcing the positive results after conducting a phase three trial for their medicinal drug, Etrosimod, a helpful drug for patients suffering from alopecia. Pfizer's chief <clears throat> development officer handling inflammation and immunology departments, Michael Corbo, stated that the positive test results are an impactful breakthrough for the affected patients out of which alopecia is included. Well, well, well. So, <clears throat> if you ain't already figured it out, you don't have to be fucking Sherlock Holmes to figure this one out. It was just a publicity stunt. Oscar and BioNTech sponsor the Oscars this year. They have a new drug coming out for alopecia. Only a few weeks ago in this statement on the Pfizer's own web, uh, website. And the biggest snowflake on the planet and his stupid ass snowflake family, Will Smith, Jada and his, his fucking idiot son. Who's, who, who, who is his son? He's a male. Although he wants to be non-binary, go fuck yourself, you fucking left-wing twats. Oh my days! <clears throat> so publicity stunts just to sell Pfizer's new alopecia drug. Simple as that. Simple as that. So can you actually see people how we are played from time to time? This has happened on such a big scale these last two years. But because the public are that dumbed down now with this fear campaign that's been, uh, well, last two years we've had a fear campaign, haven't we? It's, it's gone on for longer than two years now. People need to start waking up to the fact that the media is not your friend. It's not there to even report news, it's there as a propaganda tool only to twist truths and tell lies and sell products to the unsuspecting public pretty much. So I don't, I don't really want to go into this anymore because I don't like talking about snowflakes. I don't like giving them any kind of, um, any kind of time spent talking waffle about snowflakes i'm gonna end this conversation right here right now but there you go that's what the oscars bullshit was all about so this next topic we're going to start with the theme of pfizer and the pharmaceutical industry right i don't usually like mps but this mp his name's sir christopher choke he's a conservative mp for christchurch he's got to give credit where it's due so he says, my government is covering up COVID jab injuries. 
So a junior health minister forced to shut Twitter account after receiving so many complaints. Right, so check this out. The government tonight, which was March the 29th, stands accused of a cover-up of COVID vaccine injuries. So Christopher Chope, Conservative MP for Christchurch, told the House of Commons, this government's approach seems to be to try to promote vaccine confidence by covering up the adverse consequences for some of having been vaccinated. So he surmised that the number of adverse reactions to the vaccines could run into the millions in the UK. It's about 1.49 million at the moment. So that's just the reported yellow card system. <clears throat> and he revealed that a junior health minister has had so many victims contact her that she has had to close her Twitter account. She didn't have to close it. She could have kept it open. She's just ignoring it. We'll find out who that is in a minute, I suppose. Sir Christopher was speaking to his successful 10-minute motion on COVID-19 vaccine injury payments. The bill will now get a second reading on Friday, May the 6th. So keep your eyes peeled for that and we'll see what you say. Well, we'll see what the government say on Friday, May the 6th. His speech included the following points. This bill is not about the tens of millions of people in the UK who may have benefited from the vaccination programme. I'm saying may have benefited because no one knows if the vaccines have worked for them or not. The vaccines, the first vaccine in history that doesn't stop you catching it or spreading it. So it's not a real vaccine, it's just gene therapy. But it's causing endless amounts of problems, health problems amongst people throughout the whole world and everyone's turning a fucking blind eye to it. And I'm pissed off with this now. And I suppose the millions of other people trying to stand up for their rights and freedoms. The people who know the truth, the conspiracy theorists, as they call us. So this bill, is it's not about the tens of millions of people that may have, benefit, may have benefited from the vaccination programme, although the vaccine only lasts for about 10 weeks and you have to get another one. But it is about the tens of thousands, and it is tens of thousands, it's probably more than that, for whom the harm caused by the vaccines is greater than the benefit. That's millions as well. That is millions of people. The specific focus of this bill is on the families of those who tragically died or suffered severe injury or life-changing conditions as a result of doing their public duty and being vaccinated doing their public duty. We was all coerced into doing that, wasn't we? Through a, <clears throat> a two-year programme of fear. So, he goes on to say, one honest politician who's pushing for justice for those damaged by the vaccine, that's this Christopher Chope MP, so he says, no payments have yet been made, even in respect of those whom a coroner's verdict found to have died because of the vaccine. So they're not even making payments to those actually proved to have died from the vaccine. The impatience and frustration of those so affected is now palpable. Having lost their loved ones more than a year ago, some have been 
badgering the Under Secretary of State for Health and Social Care. He says, my honourable friend and member for Lose, her name is Maria Caulfield. For action, I am pleased to see her on the front bench, he says. I understand that yesterday she blocked vaccine victims on her Twitter account. What a bitch. And today she closed her Twitter account completely. This is an indication of the strength of feeling amongst the public. This bill is not just about the payment process. It's also about diagnosis and treatment for those patients who have suffered and continue to suffer ill effects from the vaccines. The current situation is totally inadequate, which is why the bill places a duty on the Secretary of State to improve both diagnosis and treatment. Those who were in perfect health before their vaccines have encountered too much ignorance and scepticism when seeking medical help. For some, their general practitioner has refused to even engage with them to the extent that they are made to feel gaslighted with their physical pain being dismissed or explained away as mental illness. How fucking bad's that? How insulting and how humiliating is that? And how at odds it is with the principles of the National Health Service? Now there is much public concern that the government are going to use lack of proven causation as an excuse for not making payments under the scheme should the test therefore not be whether there is any other reasonable explanation for the disablement or death suffered i understand you've got to prove things but you've got to, you've got to give an, a reasonable investigation to actually prove it and nothing's been done so they're not investigating nothing and they're just saying, well, you can't prove it. <laughs> so you just turn it on its head and change vaccine to COVID. You couldn't have proved none, none of the COVID deaths were proved to be COVID either, were they? Because we all found out that it was massively exaggerated. Most of the people who died in the first wave were mistreated by the nhs should we say put on ventilators most of them died wrong treatment straight away but no one talks about that do they the scale of this is is absolutely enormous and i don't think the government have come to terms with that more than 450,000 yellow cards have been submitted to the medicines and healthcare products regulatory agency detailing adverse reactions to COVID-19 vaccines. That number is an underestimate of the actual number of people adversely affected, which may be between four and a half million and five million. So what the MHRA said on May the 17th, 2019 is only 10% of serious reactions and between two and 4% of non-serious reactions are even reported under the yellow card scheme. The MHRA says that those figures do not apply now, but it has not said what figures do. Sir Christopher is also demanding answers to several parliamentary questions he has laid down. 
He is also awaiting a written statement from the Secretary of State for Health, Sajid Javid, and we all know what a prat he is. But he will be meeting the Vaccines Minister on April the 19th of this month. So good luck there, Sir Christopher. I hope you get what you want. I doubt it. Just be brushed under the carpet as usual. Oh, man. So Christopher deserves enormous praise for taking a brave but vital stance against his own government. The public must be made aware of these injuries and the risks involved for some of taking the COVID-19 vaccine. It should have been made clear from the start that this is an experimental treatment which has not been through full trials. How can anyone have given informed consent when they were not informed of these crucial points. So well, well done to that MP, Sir Christopher. Although he's a conservative, not that I'm Labour, I'm neither left nor right, red nor blue. Straight down the centre, pretty much. Just after the truth, haven't we? We just want the truth. Fuck the left, fuck the right, fuck red and fuck blue. You're all a bunch of criminals in my eyes. That's just my opinion. But I suppose it's the, the opinion of millions and millions of people in the UK these days, having witnessed Boris Johnson and his fucking parties. This is a, they thought of the uh, the COVID-19 virus. They didn't, they weren't scared of it, was they? They didn't behave like they were scared. As you all know, as we were told to lock down, and refusing entry even to the funerals of our loved ones. Them motherfuckers were out partying. Cocaine, champagne parties, no doubt. Well, that's politics for you these days. So having listened to that brave MP and the concerns of the public, it's been announced by the British Bullshit Incorporation, the BBC, that COVID vaccines are now available for 11 uh, five to 11 year olds in England. This seems absolutely outrageous as doctors and scientists worldwide know COVID never affected this age group at all. So why push more vaccines? And why push them on children? If you vaccinate your child with these COVID-19 vaccines, knowing, knowing the side effects, Pfizer have listed about Fuck, there's over a thousand side effects. And one of them's death as well, by the way. If you vaccinate your child with this COVID-19 vaccine, you need your head seriously looking at. Seriously. Is it just a ploy to sell more vaccines? As this one, uh, this is just one of many things that's helping the acceleration and the demise of all of our economies and paving the way what the World Economic Forum are calling the Great Reset. It seems the world, as we now know it, is going from major crisis to major crisis. All it seems designed to introduce a central bank digital currency worldwide, crush everyone's economy, endless quantitative easing and printing of free money. It's just... People need to wake up a bit. Once this happens, there's no going back. There will be no freedoms left to fight for. 
or very few freedoms and only to those who obey every aspect of how the World Economic Forum wants the world to live. If you don't want a world where your government introduce programmable money and a social credit system telling you how, when and what to spend your money on. If you don't obey 100%, then your social credit score goes down uh, with limits on spending put on you. Then you need to wake up just a little bit, start looking at what's happening in the world with a, a little bit more of an open mind. Now, the importance of having an open mind could just be what saves us all from entering into George Orwell's 1984. Go and read his book. A world I'm convinced no one will want, no one would agree to, and more importantly, a world where, once introduced, there's no going back. End game for humanity as we know it. Until next time, toodle-doo.